the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, welcome in. On an absolutely gorgeous Monday in uh, western Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Ohio, we welcome you. And then to our friends listening in the Washington, D.C. market, WAVA, we welcome you as well. And uh, we're going to be talking to one of your uh, locals, Greg Clugston, in just a little bit on what's happening inside the Beltway. And at that time, I'll find out what kind of weather you all are having there. Um, It can't be better than what is enveloping us. I mean, Lexi Merritt and I in the Word FM studios were without John Hall today, which is sad. He's taking a day off. Um, So hopefully he's being uh, completely restored. And why wouldn't you be in this gorgeous weather? Um, The only thing holding me back and Lexi, let me greet you. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I am sweaty. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So two problems that I'm experiencing currently and I recognize um, that you probably don't turn on to a radio show to hear the, the problems uh, that people are experiencing, but I feel the need to tell you right now. Uh, the first is that last week it was so cold in here, uh, high atop Parkway Center, that we had space heaters running in the studios and offices. And now we find ourselves in some kind of equatorial jungle atmosphere. It is so hot. I actually had to abandon my office, Lexi. I had to leave it behind and come in here and like sit under the console here in the studio because I needed shade. It was it was it's sickening in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels nicer than it does in my office. And then I came into the control room, which is where I currently am in front of the board. And it's sweltering in here. (laughs) The worst part about it is that I came in. You mentioned earlier that uh, we had space heaters running and I dressed for that kind of weather in the office. Well, then why wouldn't you be? Because that's where we were Friday. Yeah. And so I'm wearing long jeans. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing a sweater. Nice. A warm sweater. It's very nice. That's good. If it were freezing in here. That's good. Last I looked, uh, it was 88 degrees in my office. That's when I left. I was like, I feel physically sick. Okay, so that's the first issue. The other issue is that um, all of my teams stink. Oh, no. Yeah, I just want to say it. Um, The Pitt Panthers are uh, a very bad football team, and the Pittsburgh Steelers could be worse. And so I spent Saturday night, a good three hours of Saturday night, and a good three hours of last night watching two teams that I've devoted myself to be truly, truly terrible. I am so sorry. It was a heinous weekend of football for me. Heinous, I tell you. The only bright spot is that the uh, Pirates won the last game of the season. And they ended up, I think, with 76 wins, which was 14 better than last season. So, I mean, I'll take that. I'm happy for it. I'm glad for it. I very much look forward to the next iteration of the Pittsburgh Pirates. But up until then, what am I going to do? 
Coming up on today's program in the five o'clock hour, I'll be welcoming uh, my friend Ralph Crew onto the program, head writer and producer for the YouTube channel Practical Engineering, also co-boss of Nerd Night Pittsburgh. So for those of you who consider yourself nerds, uh, for who, who dip into uh, weekend nerdery like uh, Lexi Merritt does, did you do that this weekend? I did. You did, of course. Uh, we're happy to have Ralph Crew with us. We're going to be talking about railroads. Um, we're going to be talking for the case for and against taking your shoes off in the house. Uh huh. Um, I'll be looking for input on that and um, all sorts of other stuff uh, from Ralph Crew. Also, in the four o'clock hour, uh, we'll be talking about Netflix, who's taking a page from Disney and they're coming up with their own merch. Would you buy Netflix merch? Uh-huh. I know, Lexi, I, I saw your furrowed brow. I can't even see the rest of your face over the console, but I saw your furrowed brow. And because some of the merch is Stranger Things, the answer might be yes. Oh, mm -hmm. that changes everything. Yep. Also, uh, Carl Schumann with me at 440 and uh, months before the Olympics, it looks like Paris has been bugs. Ha-ha! <laughs> That and much more to come on today's edition of The Ride Home. We're so glad you're along. Um, before we get into the specifics, though, of today and uh, bring our guests in, Lexi, I wonder if you could hit the music because I believe it's time for news. Yes, it is. It is Monday, October 2nd. It's October already, you guys. 2023. Number one. All schools in the New Ken Arnold School District are on lockdown today. As police from multiple agencies are out canvassing the Arnold New Ken area, no official word yet from authorities as to what happened, but residents are saying there was a shooting. Some officers, and I'm reading here from the from the uh, Trib, some officers from neighboring departments were pulled from the scene of a fire in Harrison around 12:30 and sent to an area on a report of an active shooter. Uh, Valley High School principal John Banco said the district will alert families by email and text when the police situation is resolved. If I find out more about that, would you just look that up? Can you do that, Lex, uh, and just see if there's anything new about the lockdown in New Ken? Um, and we'll report back on that. Number two, the Nobel Prize in Medicine awarded today to two scientists whose research laid the groundwork for messenger RNA vaccines that transformed the coronavirus pandemic. Caitlin Carrico, age 68, is a Hungarian-born scientist, and there's a really terrific profile of both she and her compatriot, uh, what's his name, Dr. Weissman, uh, in today's uh, Washington Post. But it talks about Dr. Carrico for, um, first, who saw uh, messenger RNA's medical potential years ago and pursued it. But because of it, she was kind of exiled onto the outskirts of science because people didn't really take that seriously and therefore didn't take her seriously. Um, over a chance meeting at the photocopier at the University of Pennsylvania 25 years ago. Um, she worked closely with Drew Weissman, who's age 64, who also won the award. He's an immunologist who saw the potential for new tech to create a new kind of vac vaccine. Now, of course, we recognize mRNA as the backbone of the coronavirus vaccine that was developed in record time. It is a wonderful story for these two. Um, from Dr. Carrico growing up in a really small Hungarian village, the daughter of a butcher and a bookkeeper, 
um, and all the details about Dr. Weissman and um, how he was found by Dr. Anthony Fauci. Anyway, uh, read more about that in today's Washington Post. Um, congratulations to both of them. Number three, former President Donald Trump appeared in a Manhattan courtroom today as the trial in his civil fraud case got underway with attorneys from the New York Attorney General's office and Trump's legal team presenting their opening arguments before the judge who will decide the case. Uh, Trump, the Trump Organization, several execs and two of his kids, Donald Jr. and Eric, are the defendants in the civil trial in New York Superior Court, accused of fraud, falsification of business records, issuing false financial statements and conspiracy. But because it's a civil case, not criminal, none of the defendants will face jail time if convicted. But the New York attorney general is seeking $250 million and a slew of sanctions designed to severely limit the Trump's ability to do business in New York. Number four, good news. Over the weekend, of course, I was barely able to sleep thinking that Fat Bear Week might be canceled because of the government shutdown. But because they came to an agreement, it is once again time to celebrate the fattest bears in all the land. Fat Bear Week 2023, the ninth annual. This is like a March Madness kind of bracket. It pits the fattest brown bears at Katmai National Park in Alaska against each other. It is set to begin. And that is your top four at four. Lexi, I love Fat Bear Week. Uh, it's my favorite time. Do of, you? Of the year. I love it's, it so much. This is my March Madness. Exactly, exactly. Now, for those of you that don't know about Fat Bear Week, um, the bears of the Brooks River are getting super big right now. Okay, so they're they've been spending the whole summer eating their berries and their salmon because they're getting ready to hibernate. And in the bear kingdom, fat is fit. Okay. And the more gargantuan, the better. The brown bears are now in prime shape. And so they have people who work for the Parks Conservancy who've been following them around taking pictures as they increase in girth. And so then they post these pictures online. And I always follow them on Twitter. They probably do Instagram too. Um, But it is a globally recognized event. And it is Hilarious. I mean, these bears are not like National Geographic photographed where they like look epic and stealthy. They look just appallingly obese. And the more obese, <laughs> the better um, because they've been loading up. Anyway, it's an incredible opportunity, uh, they said, for people to celebrate the success and the survival of bears. And of course, the big question is, will 747 win Again, that is the name of the bear who won last year and the year before. And 747 is huge. When he goes into hibernation, he's expected to weigh about 1,400 pounds. Yes. Uh, the He's often so bulbous, he appears cartoonish. And, of course, that's a huge compliment in Fat Bear Week. Anyway, we'll talk more about that as today's program unfolds. I'm happy to tell you the winner will be crowned on October 10th. So find your social media source and get abreast of the latest in Fat Bear Week. Okay, we need to take a break. When we come back from Fat Bear Week to my good friend um, Carl Truman, we're gonna, <laughs> or not Carl Truman, I'm sorry, my good friend Greg Clugston, we're going to be talking about all of the latest inside the Beltway. It's U.S. politics. And join us next, the Monday edition. Glad you're here for the ride home. 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. How should we be preparing for an eternity spent with Christ? 
Well, you know, in the Bible, there are many key passages for that. One of my favorite is Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. It talks about waking up, those of you who are sleeping. Sheila Walsh and Dr. David Jeremiah discuss his new book, The Great Disappearance, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Think the government is spying on you? Wait until you learn the entire truth from Swiss America, the trusted leader in precious metals for 40 years. Let's just say you might want to think twice before making a bank withdrawal these days because somebody could be watching. It's true. Let Swiss America educate you about how banks are required to spy on us for the government and report any behavior they deem suspicious. You'll be shocked when you read The Secret War on Cash from Swiss America, which is really a war against all freedom-loving Americans. It's free to Salem listeners. Get your free copy of The Secret War on Cash by calling or texting 800 1495. That's 800 630 1495. This war includes digital currencies too, so please get and read The Secret War on Cash free by calling or texting right now at 800 630 1495. 800 630 1495. Message and data rates may apply. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their life. Hey, this is John Hall. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. The look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. And Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You'll receive a set for as low as $29.98. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square and use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD. Or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code WORD. Hey, everybody. Greg Laurie from A New Beginning. I'm encouraging you right now to turn off the negativity and instead turn on a positive message of God's love for you. And you can do that with the OnePlace.com app. You can listen to my messages anytime, anywhere, even offline. So start renewing your mind today with the truth from God's Word. Go to your Apple or Google App Store and search for OnePlace and download it now. Monday at around 4.15, that means nothing more than it means. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, welcome back. How are you? Hi, Kathy. I'm doing well. Good to be here on a Monday. Terrific. Glad to have you along. Um, let's start with uh, the collision course that it seems like Representative Matt Gates and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy are on. Um, talk about where we are. Kevin McCarthy was able to negotiate a um, a uh, a package that allowed the government to continue for 45 more days, but no thanks to Matt Gates and his crew. Right. So Gates and uh, like-minded Republicans who are with him and have an issue with the House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, um, are moving forward with a plan. And Gates is leading the way here. He announced yesterday, he said again today here in Washington, that um, he is going to essentially call 
for a motion to vote to vacate and that means that it's going to be uh, kicking in then a vote as to whether or not to keep mccarthy as the house speaker mm. uh and then i should i should point out kathy this is a procedure that's only been used like twice in the last 100 years and it didn't work either time um so no speaker has been ousted by this but we we do have you know, very difficult numbers potentially here for Kevin McCarthy. There's only a five uh, seat advantage for Republicans over Democrats in the House. What's interesting is that Democrats could technically, mathematically come to the rescue of Kevin McCarthy and keep him in power um, should they des- should enough of them decide to do so. So we're going to have to wait. How ironic would that yeah. could that possibly be? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, and Gates, he says he doesn't think it's ironic because he thinks that he thinks that McCarthy is doing the bidding of Joe Biden and and Democrats by the way he handled that government shutdown bill um, and all the that funding bill that averted the shutdown. So he's he's accusing McCarthy of making kind of these secret side deals with Democrats. Uh, McCarthy says that's not true. So it's a he said he said mm-hmm. there is there is some bad personal blood between these two lawmakers. Uh, even though they say that it's nothing personal. Um, and, you know, Gates does say that uh, McCarthy has not um, delivered on some of the promises that he made when he became speaker back in January. So uh, this is where it's at. We're we're waiting to see where when the next um, move happens. Um, basically, you had Gates say earlier today, stay tuned. So he's planning on doing something this week, and we're staying tuned. Hmm. It's kind of, you know, an ironic conversation because it, you know, the the far right version um, and the far left version in the House look incredibly similar right now. Um, I was thinking about Matt Gates today and I saw an opinion piece that kind of by Gerard Baker in the Wall Street Journal. But he talked about how Jamal Bowman, who's the Democrat who pulled the fire alarm last yes. week you know he's actually very similar to Matt Gates in how how they're kind of promoting themselves you know getting the clicks getting the likes on their uh, on their Twitter feeds um, but I wonder if it's at the expense of their own parties well it could be and it's also interesting to note that uh, with Gates uh, he and those who are like-minded with him kind of in this you know this group, they have enough power because of the slim margin in the House between the two parties. They have enough power to derail legislation to make these, you know, motions to vacate and all the rest. But they don't have broad enough support to really put their own person of, uh, you know, mm. like mindedness in power and to lead and to govern. But they have enough power to disrupt. So that right. kind of goes to your question of uh, is it is it self defeating when you're looking at the party politics, right? And that's and again I, we've talked about this so many times, but it just seems like the parties have less and less power. Um, I don't think either party, if you ask you know the general public, would want Biden or Trump to be the presidential nominee, and that looks like that's what we're heading for anyway. Yeah, that's right. Somebody who's looking at this uh, from afar, uh, looking at what's happening on Capitol Hill here in Washington, is former Speaker of the House John Boehner, who uh, had the same headache that McCarthy's running into. And Boehner finally just said, you know, I'm I'm stepping down on my own. I'm just not going to put up with it. So uh, it's it's sort of recycled and uh, it's just new players at play here this time. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Uh, Greg, so the government shutdown, as uh, we discussed just a couple secs ago, um, was averted uh, at last minute deal. Uh, what happened and and it's going to last 45 days and then what happens? 
Right. Well, we could do it all again. It's possible <laughs> uh, about a week before Thanksgiving. Right. So happy holidays, everybody. Um, yeah. So the funding is good uh, through uh, November 17th, keeping federal agencies open. A couple of things uh, happened. There were several attempts by uh, Speaker McCarthy and his leadership team to, to to move in certain directions to appease the uh, kind of the, the flank of Republicans that are opposed to him and some of his ideas. Uh, and those simply went nowhere. And um, any ideas that, you know, Gates and company had, um, even if they were somehow to get enough support in the House, there was no way they were going to get support in the Senate. So they were sort of dead end ideas anyway, from that perspective. But what happened was they dropped the Ukraine uh, package of military assistance from this bill. And um, it, it got enough Democrat votes, even though a lot of Democrats would like to see the Ukraine assistance. But basically, it came down to supporting the U.S. government versus sending aid to a foreign government. They thought that was uh, pretty important as American legislators to uh, to make that as an emphasis. So the bill got passed, you know, first by the House, then the Senate late Saturday evening. And at about uh, 1130 or so, just a half hour or so before the deadline at midnight, you had Joe Biden at the White House signing the bill into law, averting that, you know, that, you know, disruption of federal agency work. So but you're right. You're right, Kathy. We could be right back here in four or five weeks uh, or five or six weeks, I guess. And um, so we'll have to see if Congress will get its act together in terms of passing the, the funding bills that are necessary to keep various aspects of the government operating. Okay. And then 45 days from now. So in the interim, between now and 45 days, um, is there going to be a substantial enough negotiation that we can actually come up with a long-term agreement? <laughs> if, or well, is that a silly we, question to ask? Have, well, no, no, no. It's not silly. It's just that that's predicting an unknown. I mean, you would think, I mean, the, the lawmakers have had all of this year to do the business before the end of September, and now we have 45 days. So it's still a time crunch in that respect. Um, is it doable? Absolutely, it's doable. Is there the will to do it? Is there the, you know, the part, the bipartisanship to do it? That's what we have to wait and see. And of course, you have some of these other things still happening, like uh, the Republican committee that's uh, moving forward with impeachment and all the rest. And some would say that, that that's those are just those are issues that are taking away from the the important aspect of, of keeping the government up and running. So we'll just have to see how they act on Capitol Hill. See how they act on Capitol Hill is what the man said. Um, OK, so let's let's um, look at the current president, Joe. Biden and uh, his allies in the Democratic Party unhappy with what has been called Bidenomics. Um, so uh, what do we know about that? And what is that going to change how, how strong his support is uh, before the presidential campaign gets underway? Yeah, there were some interesting reports, two reports uh, that we came across, one by Politico and one by Axios over the last 48 hours. And they both came to the same conclusion um, in talking to um, some Democratic allies of the White House, some former White House staff people, that they're increasingly unhappy with the Biden campaign's embrace of of Bidenomics, basically saying this is the economy that Joe Biden is responsible for. And the reason why allies are displeased with this promotion of Bidenomics is is because they're looking at the polls and they're seeing that most Americans uh, no matter what is happening currently in the economy, they don't feel like it's a good economy and they give the president low marks for his handling of the economy. So they think it's they think it's self-defeating for Joe Biden to, keep to put his it up. name on the economy that nobody really thinks is very good, um, even though you've got kind of a strange 
uh, combination of factors going on, like low unemployment and and all the rest. But you've got high inflation still uh, to some degree, higher interest rates, that kind of thing. So whether whether it changes the campaign's branding strategy going forward, we'll have to wait and see. It, It would seem like even although there are some detractors here, that it would be unlikely for the campaign to just kind of throw that away. But over the next several months, it's possible they could shift and maybe de-emphasize the Bidenomics. We'll have to see. And partly because of how the economy performs between now and Election Day, that could also dictate what they do or don't do. We're speaking to Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent, in his usual Monday slot on the ride home. Um, let's turn our attention then to former President uh, Donald Trump, who appeared in a Manhattan courtroom today. His civil fraud case underway. Uh, a whole slew of attorneys from the New York Attorney General's office, one side, Greg, a whole slew of Trump's legal team on the other side, talking to the judge who's going to decide the case. Uh, I don't know, about 150 people in the courtroom. Uh, to me, it looked like pretty high theater. I think it was pretty high theater, both in the courtroom and out in the hallways in the court building, because you had Donald Trump speaking uh, first thing this morning as he arrived before the opening statements and then at the end of the lunch break before they resumed in the afternoon. And he was uh, holding forth, talking to reporters in the hallway, and he was he was seething mad. He was uh, he was fuming at the judge. Uh, He called the judge rogue. um, And he also went after, as he's done for a long time. Uh, you know, the, the top state prosecutor there, Letitia James, calling her a racist, among other names today. And here's the thing. The judge has already decided part of the uh, of the case. And there are a few other questions that have to be resolved. So it's almost as if, uh, you know, the decision has been made in some cases against Trump and his business. This mm-hmm. is a civil fraud trial where he and his company are accused of deceiving banks and insurers, inflating um, the value and the wealth that he and his business had to get better bank loans and therefore um, to, to do more business in New York. And so that's the case that he's dealing with. These are these are different from the other federal indictments on um, like the classified documents case and the election interference case. So he's uh, he's he's got an overlapping political and legal strategy here. Politically, he is going hard after the prosecutor and the judge and a lot of uh, Trump's base of supporters probably like that approach. Yeah. But at the same time, from a legal strategy perspective, you wonder if it's smart for him to be so so angry and name calling with the very key people, including the judge, who could determine the fate of this case. Right. I mean, there's just going to be a time when he runs up against somebody who doesn't care about his you know, truth social feed and uh, his, you know, how many people are supporting him for president and are going to try to slam him in a, you know, in, in a way that they can, which for this judge is the courtroom. Um, so I, and I understand that we're talking about Donald Trump, who's fabulously wealthy. But um, should this case go against him, that would be, you know, uh, Letitia James is seeking two hundred and fifty million. Uh, mm-hmm. He is really bleeding cash. I mean, you look at all of these. I can't imagine what his legal fees are going to be over the next 12 months. Right. Because as I just mentioned, this is just one of several legal cases that he finds himself uh, needing legal counsel and all the rest. So, yeah, not only would there be a $250 million uh, fine possibly that he's facing here, but there would also be a permanent ban that's being sought against him and his sons from running businesses in New York and a five-year commercial real estate ban uh, as well. So there there are some, you know, some hefty, you know, consequences that he's facing here. But you're right in terms of money. Um, and, and, and in terms of a scene, a situation of him in a courtroom, we're going to be seeing this replayed over and over over the next year. 
Greg, we're already over time, but you know, I can't leave our segment without uh, bringing okay. up something of little to no uh value, but something that's deeply personal, which is Fat Bear Week 2023. And I wonder if this is the kind of bracket competition you follow online. Uh, I know you are an enthusiast for the outdoors. Do you follow what's going on at Katmai National Park in Alaska? No, you're going to have to inform. Oh, my gosh. I am. You're going to be so happy that we had this conversation today, because when we leave the air, I suggest you go right onto Instagram or your Twitter feed and look up Fat Bear Week, because what happens, Greg, is that there are people who uh, work for the federal government, actually, who work as park rangers there. And for the last three or four months, they've been taking photographs of bears as they go from kind of skinny to like obscenely obese, getting ready for hibernation. And then they post the photographs online and then there's a bracket competition like March Madness where people like us get to vote for our favorite <laughs> obese bear and then the final uh, winner's crowned in a, maybe 10 oh, days. Oh, that's, I, I love the concept and I, as you were explaining it to me, I just went online to see some of these photos. What do you think? I think it's a lot of fun. Isn't it the best? And I don't think anybody gets hurt in the process. No, so I don't think so. <laughs> because in the bear kingdom, as they say, fat is fit. Yes. No, mm -hmm. that's funny. Well, I'll be uh, I'll be checking out the photos. Thank you. Kathy. OK, yes. Uh, look at particular for 747, who's the bear who won the last two years uh, going into hibernation. He weighed fourteen hundred pounds last year. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Seven forty seven. I'm checking them out right now. Good. That's Greg Glugsden, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, always terrific to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, remodeling. Family owned and operated since 1984 and home of the lifetime workmanship and labor warranty and no money down. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com for details. Urgent Camp Lejeune settlement message. On September 6th, the government announced it will soon begin providing fast, guaranteed settlements to Camp Lejeune Marines, families, and civilians. Awards will range between $100,000 and $550,000 with an option for higher amounts. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and suffered cancers of the bladder, liver, or kidneys, leukemia, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Parkinson's, or kidney issues, you may qualify for compensation and could be paid within 60 days after accepting your settlement with your VA benefits fully protected. You may be entitled to a significant financial award for your Camp Lejeune claim, but you must act now. Call the James Harris Law Camp Lejeune helpline now to get the compensation you deserve. We're already fighting for thousands harmed by the water at Camp Lejeune. Call now or you may forever lose your right to be awarded a settlement between $100,000 and $550,000. For your free evaluation, call 800-299-7878. That's 800-299-7878. 800-299-7878. Attention taxpayers, Ready for some bad news? With $80 billion in new funding from Congress, the IRS has launched their most aggressive hiring campaign ever to ramp up enforcement. If you're ignoring your taxes, don't delay another minute because your paycheck, your bank account, even your home or business could already be at risk. Now, here's the good news. Optima Tax Relief, America's number one tax relief firm, can get to work immediately, helping to protect you from the IRS. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, their tax Attorneys and licensed professionals are experts at resolving tax problems. Let them help determine if you qualify for the Fresh Start Initiative or other powerful IRS tax assistance programs. Take control. Call Optima Tax Relief now for a free consultation. Call 800-473-9933. 800-473-9933. 800-473-9933. Optima Tax Relief. 
Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Right, 724-NEW-ROOF. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When floodwaters reach your door? When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood? Or an earthquake is destroying buildings? Or is the best time, perhaps, today? During a disaster, you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think. Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Tonight we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies. Expect a nighttime low of 59. Patchy fog tomorrow morning. Otherwise mostly sunny, very warm. A gorgeous day to be outside. Tomorrow will reach a high of 83. Clear and mild tomorrow night with a low of 58. Mostly sunny Wednesday, very warm. A great day to be outside. We'll see a high of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. We've got author and professor Dr. Carl Truman uh, waiting in the wings in the on-deck circle, so to speak, except that baseball season just ended here in Pittsburgh yesterday. Anyway, uh, but before we bring Carl in, I wanted to make sure I, I, want, I got back to you on the situation in uh, New Ken and Arnold. And for those of you who are listening to the program from the Washington, D.C. area, uh, bear with us as we talk about a, a local news story. Um, it looks like, according to KDK.com, that one person was shot this afternoon in Arnold. Um, police said that a victim showed up at a local hospital uh, after being shot. Their injury is not considered life-threatening, but because of that, the new Ken Arnold School District was placed on lockdown. Uh, the lockdown was lifted at around 2 p.m., which was not reflected in any of the stuff I was reading before we went to air, but that is good news. Um, police tape have secured Leishman and Woodmont Avenues in the surrounding areas in Arnold while investigators search for clues evidence markers were seen according to this report scattered about in the alley behind woodmont um so uh good news uh that it wasn't as bad as we feared a uh, police said no one's in custody at this time no danger to the community um officers including atf and a canine were combing the area while residents gathered waiting to hear what happened according to cbsnews.com so that's the latest there and we're going to take a break again but when we come back more conversation on the battle for what it is that we teach in church. Dr. Carl Truman will be with us, so stay close. It's a Monday edition, right home. WORD. She was giving me the ultrasound and she turned on the sound and my baby had a heartbeat. I have a baby inside of me. You've heard that seeing is believing. That's certainly true when it comes to pregnancies. It's been shown that abortion-minded women who see their babies on an ultrasound are likely to have that baby. Today, you could provide a free ultrasound for a pregnant woman for just $28, the cost to save the life of a baby. So whether you want to save one or five or hundreds of babies, Word FM and Preborn are here to help. Call today, 833-850-BABY, or go to wordfm.com. What if I told you you can save a baby's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who otherwise might choose to end their pregnancy. 
We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a click or phone call away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or you can do it safe and secure online by clicking on the preborn banner at wordfm.com. If you trade stocks, then you know avoiding pitfalls is the biggest challenge for both new and experienced investors. Vantage Point's dual-patented artificial intelligence provides a powerful solution to this problem by offering predictive accuracy, emotional neutrality, and diverse market forecasts for today's active traders. Vantage Point's AI analyzes billions of data points in seconds, so you get highly accurate predicted market conditions for the next trading day. Take the emotion out of your trading. Text the word money to 813-813. Navigate the financial markets with confidence using AI. Text M-O-N-E-Y to 813-813 right now to learn more for free. Text MONEY to 813-813 to experience the benefits of AI in your trading. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting, you agree to the terms available at VantagePointSoftware.com and consent to receive calls and texts using automated technology about offers or info by or on behalf of VantagePoint. Your consent is not a condition to purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text the word MONEY to 813-813. MTS stands for Master of Theological Studies, and it's a two-year degree for those who want to just deepen in their theological knowledge. With an MTS degree from RPTS, you can be ready for whatever God calls you to. We have three areas of concentration, biblical counseling, biblical studies, either the Old or the New Testament. You can also do one in doctrinal or historical studies. Learn how to get your Master of Theological Studies degree entirely online at rpts.edu. RPTS. Study under pastors. What do you teach in church? What do you talk about? So a simplistic answer is, well, I mean, you teach the whole counsel of God, right? You teach what's in the scriptures. Well, first off, it's a big book. (laughs) But looking back historically, uh, different eras of the church focused on different things. And my next guest is casting his vote as to what he thinks we should be talking about now. Dr. Carl Truman is with me, Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College. He's the author of Strange New World, How Thinkers and Activists Redefined Identity and Sparked the Sexual Revolution. Carl, welcome back. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. So if you're not familiar with church history, you think, well, if every generation just taught what was in the Bible, we'd be good. Yeah, that's uh, that's a, a reasonable assumption. But what church history actually teaches us is that in different epochs of the church's existence, different points in time, different questions come up with with a sort of pressing urgency. So for example, uh, if you were to go back to the, the 4th century, the big issue dominating the church there is the doctrine of the Trinity, or what will, mm-hmm. will emerge as the doctrine of the Trinity. If you were to move into the 5th and uh, 6th centuries, you'd see debates about the person of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to say that he's, he's both God and man, human and divine? Jump forward to the Reformation, and you have got debates there about... Uh, uh, the nature of salvation, justification by grace through faith, uh, the status of the sacraments, what is it that baptism and the Lord's Supper do. So each, each period of church history 
yes, there's a, there's a respect for the Bible and a, a desire to teach the whole counsel of God, but certain aspects of the whole counsel of God are, are accented at particular points in time. So taking a minute, Carl, to just look at the meta perspective, um, talk about how you see that. Do you, do you see that um, God in his wisdom is discipling the church, the capital C church, over generations? Yes, I think so. Uh, I mean, as you, you know, the Bible, is, as you pointed out, it's a big book or it's a collection of a lot of books. Uh, it's, it contains, as Peter himself says when talking about the Apostle Paul, it contains some passages, some material that's really quite difficult to understand. And what we see in church history is that over, over many centuries, the church has slowly uh, developed its understanding in, in particular areas. I mean, God did not give us a systematic theology. He did not give us a, an elaborate confession. What he gave us was, was a, a library of books pointing and contain, containing uh, and pointing to God's truth that the church has to wrestle with, with over time. Mm-hmm. So from your perspective, Carl, um, you feel like there's a battle going on right now. We, we're familiar with the battle for the Reformation, you know, the, the kinds of things that were at stake, the kinds of things that Martin Luther put up on uh, the door in Wittenberg. Um, but uh, the questions now, uh, who's asking them and how do we know what they are? Yeah, well, I mean, in some ways, the, the perennial questions are still there. You know, what shall I do to be saved? That's a hardy perennial in, in, in church history. But I think the church is facing particular challenges, especially as it's discipling its young people at the moment, relative to uh, questions of sexual morality, uh, gender identity. These are the kind of questions that are being pushed on the church by the world around, and the church can't ignore them. Uh, I mean, the church can, can certainly disagree with the world's answers, but the church has to provide her own people with, with good reasons uh, for the faith that's within them and for good reasons for holding to traditional biblical positions on these things. And, and I think if you reflect upon the host of questions we're being asked in, in the ethical and moral realm, a lot of them actually come down to, to the status of the body. Uh, when you think about sexual morality, the real question is, what is and is not an appropriate use of men and women's sexual organs? Uh, when you think about gender, the question is, well, exactly what status do certain physical uh, and chromosomal characteristics of my body carry? So a lot of uh, what we're facing at the moment tracks back to, to questions about what status, what authority mm-hmm. should Christians give to their physical bodies? What about the um, the fusing of our bodies with technology? You know, for anyone who's suffered um, with any type of chronic illness or any type of life-threatening illness, um, whatever options are available to you are something that you would consider, uh, you know. Uh, and, and now the questions are getting even more complicated than I think they ever have been. Absolutely. And I think the key thing to bear in mind there is, one, we're all sort of fused with machines. I mean, I'm not in your studio at the moment. I'm talking to you on a telephone. Your listeners are listening on their radios. You know, there is a sense in which you don't have to be, you have the machine physically implanted in you for it to be part of how you exist. But the, the question you raise, very interesting there, you know, to what extent uh, do we allow technology to, to shape you know, or reshape our suffering uh, and things like that? I, I think one of the things to bear in mind is, 
if you have a normative notion of what it means to be a human being, then you're able to use technology in a way that serves that normative notion. So, for example, uh, if, if I'm born with, with only one leg, we, we have a normative notion of human beings as, as those who function best with two legs. So to have a prosthetic leg seems to be merely replacing something that should have been there in the first place. Mm. Uh, and that's been generally agreed upon by society in the yeah. past. Yeah. Okay. And, that, and that's very different, for okay. example, to saying, well, actually, I quite like four legs. Uh, why can't I have two extra legs added to me? Mm-hmm. You think about it, it's a sort of it's a trivial, perhaps a bizarre example. But what's going on there in, in the second scenario is the body is becoming, well, whatever we can do with it, with technology, that can be right. Whereas in the first uh, analogy, it's no, the, the body, how we have a normative understanding of what a human being should be, and, and technology can serve that. Uh, is technology, if you like, restorative, or is it transformative? And I would say mm-hmm. Christian understanding of technology should really, medical technology should really see it as, as restorative, not transformative. Dr. Carl Truman is the author of The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and The Road to Sexual Revolution, talking about an article Carl wrote in the uh, journal First Things. Um, Carl, the the idea of uh, identity is one that you have written about, spoken about, you and I have talked about on the air here on this program um, several times. But when, when we're talking about decisions about how technology impacts our body, Again, I come back to this a little bit of a of a of an anxious place where I think it's too much responsibility for a person to decide. It's we, we uh, because of all the options we have, I believe we've entered into a place where we actually have too many choices. And those choices could have to be in a psychological way paralyzing in many for many people. Yes, I think so. I mean, when we you know, there's a sense in which when you, when you leave home, when you leave familiar circumstances and let's say move to a big city, that's very anxiety inducing. Yes. Why? Because you're kind of lost at that point. You, you have to refine yourself. You've got to establish your identity in that new place. Well, we all kind of live in that place now because technology has so transformed the possibilities uh, at our fingertips. I was using an example in class this morning. I was saying, you know, let's say you're a four-year-old girl. And you say to your mum and dad, am I a girl or a boy? And your mum and dad say to you, well, we don't know. You've got to choose because we have technology that could flip you either way. And I said to the students, is that a comforting thing or is that a disturbing thing? It's a very, very disturbing thing. And I think it's disturbing for for the reasons I sort of alluded to in, in my last answer. And that is when we lose any sense of what it means to be human, when our bodies become just raw material, then the sheer power of technology places options at our fingertips that really do, as as you say, uh, uh, really do make us terrified because the responsibility for who I am falls 100% on my Mm -hmm. shoulders. Yeah. I think it's too much for a person to bear. 
I, I really yeah. do. I really do. Carl Truman yeah. is with us. Um, two books um, that are related. Uh, Strange New World, How Thinkers and Activists Redefined Identity and Sparked the Sexual Revolution, along with The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and The Road to Sexual Revolution. Listen, those are a lot of words. Um, but let me tell you, both books um, worth your investigation, and uh, it, they're definitely both thought-provoking. Carl, I'll be up at Grove City and just a couple weeks hopefully uh we can uh maybe our paths will cross and we can say hey across the uh corridor love to grab a coffee let mm, me know sounds good that's dr carl truman carl thank you so much for your time today check out one of carl's books um if you want something that's going to provoke might make you angry might make you uh despair might make you hopeful but i guarantee you it will make you think Carl Truman. Coming up next, Netflix is taking a page from Disney. You can get yourself some Netflix merch. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, remodeling. Family owned and operated since 1984 and home of the lifetime workmanship and labor warranty and no money down. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com for details. Our community strength lies in the collective effort of neighbors, businesses, churches, and landlords coming together to ensure that individuals experiencing homelessness receive the support, dignity, and compassion they deserve. For over three decades, Union Mission has been the driving force behind this transformative endeavor in Westmoreland and neighboring counties. From its humble beginnings in 1987, when they welcomed their first resident into emergency shelter, Union Mission has evolved into a comprehensive system of interventions that assist people in transitioning to safe, sustainable housing. Union Mission stands as a beacon of hope, dedicated to transforming lives and creating brighter futures for those in need. Not just a service provider, Union Mission is a group of compassionate individuals committed to making a tangible impact on the lives of those they serve. Join Union Mission in providing hope, healing, and lasting change. Together, we can illuminate the path to a brighter future for all. Visit theunionmission.org or call 724-539-3550 to discover how you can make a difference today. Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now. I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, an evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 989898 and you're going to be blessed by taking action right now. Geneva College understands that you're passionate about your life's work. Through Geneva's graduate degree programs, you'll be equipped to fully pursue your faith life calling, excelling in your field, and moving forward for a purpose. In your studies and in your work, you'll be challenged to seek God's design in all things, integrating faith and life, aspiring, leading, and achieving your goals for all that you're created to be and do. You were made for this. Visit geneva.edu slash graduate to learn more. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right, call doing it 
724 New Roof. Lex, you and I were at a uh, concert together about three weeks ago. We went to see Rival Sons at uh, the Roxian in McKee's Rocks, which, by the way, was epic. Am I lying? It was a very good show. It really was. Um, but the merch table, it's an, it's an essential factor in every single concert. And that's always been the case. I mean, we went to see U2 about five years ago when they did they redid the Joshua Tree tour. Uh, or it wasn't they didn't redo it, but they did the whole Joshua Tree album. And uh, my husband still to this day, Lexi, talks in uh, difficult, <laughs> difficult terms, heartfelt, though, about how he cannot believe how much I spent on T-shirts <laughs> at the concert. It's very painful. Now. It's painful. And we had two children under the age of 18 at that point. So I had to get three. I would have gotten four. But, of course, I knew he would, like, lose his mind if I got him one. But it's something. You, it's just kind of a thing that you you have to document it. You have to, you know. Yeah. You know. I'm the same way. I just have to. Anyway, um, a story in uh, today's Washington – or, no, today's Wall Street Journal about uh, Netflix is getting into the merch – uh, business. Now they've done this before because you can buy Stranger Things stuff, you can buy Witcher merch. Um, but previous to now, they've waited to see if a show was a hit before they started spending time and money on the goods. Um, but now, according to this article, Netflix is asking earlier in the planning process, including when some of the shows are greenlighted. Okay, now that's like extremely early in the creative process, whether there's an opportunity to sell goods or events based on a show or film. And the reason they're doing this is because they have watched Disney over the years who have been geniuses in using consumer products and experiences from Disney World to princess dresses to Halloween costumes from the Disney store to Disney cruises, you name it, uh, to bring their characters to the real world and cause people to spend an incredible amount of money. Um, so now we have Squid Game, we have Bridgerton, um, and both of those shows are accelerating work into the merchandise sphere. Now, I'm not sure what from <laughs> Bridgerton you're going to wear, um, but whatever. Uh, for now, Netflix views the efforts mostly as a way to deepen fan engagement with its programming and keep them hooked on the service. Now, there's this brand new um, program coming along. Let me. OK, so the new program is One Piece. It's a new live action TV show based on a famous Japanese manga series. Do you know anything about this, Lex? Yes, I do. And what do you think? Um, I think that One Piece is a very good story. I'm kind of interested to see how they do it. OK, well, it's uh, for those of you who haven't heard of it. It's a tale of friends in search of lost treasure. And Lex, it looks like this is becoming the latest test case for Netflix's big plans for making merchandise based on their content. Um, so I guess we'll see how that goes along. Now, is this going to be a show where one episode's released a week? Probably not. I don't think Netflix has ever really done that, though. I know, but I'm wondering if because this is a new thing that they might try to do that. Now, there's nothing in this article in the Wall Street Journal that talks about that. Um, it talks more about how they're focusing on uh, merchandising and products and that sort of thing. Um, but it does say that Netflix is shifting in an important way. Um, we, we talked just last week about how the red envelopes had their final 
day. Maybe it was last Wednesday. Um, so now they've shifted, of course, into the streaming thing. Um, and that has long been something that caused them to pride themselves on selling subscriptions, right? That's how they made their money. That's how they made their catalog. That's how they increased the quality of the shows and movies they were doing. But executives have learned uh, that it's easier to keep all of us subscribing when we're obsessed with characters and compelling franchises. So I started reading the article earlier today and thought I would never buy merchandise from Netflix. And by the time I finished reading the article, I was like, yeah, I probably would. Maybe I would. Maybe I would <laughs> go to uh, Netflix land if they ever made it. Can you believe that? <laughs> I mean, how much of an easy sell are we? I mean, good grief. Anyway. We'll talk about that more in the 5 o'clock hour. Also, we're going to turn our attention to practical engineering, railroading, and the new phone call etiquette. There's a lot to come in the 5 o'clock edition of The Ride Home. WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Lay the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Um, Use the code ERIC. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Former President Donald Trump shows up for the first day of his civil trial in New York over his business practices and calls it a scam and a sham. Julie Walker has more. Wearing his trademark blue suit, Donald Trump sat front and center, surrounded by his lawyers as opening statements went on. Before entering the courtroom, he called the case a witch hunt. It's a scam, it's a sham. And pushes back at charges he deceived banks and insurers by inflating his wealth. This is a continuation of the single greatest witch hunt of all time. Before trial, New York Attorney General Letitia James said Donald Trump committed fraud. No matter how powerful you are, no matter how much money you think you may have, no one is above the law. Julie Walker, New York. This is SRN News. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch too. the member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan double MediShare works too it's been around for 30 years members have shared more than five billion dollars of each other's bills people love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network so yeah really you can save a ton and like it better 
Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. It's really important to us to never be the company that's always yelling, We've got a blue light special. This is too good to be true. No fuss. No must. No obligation. No risk. No purchase necessary. Act now. Order today. Limited time only. Some restrictions apply. All sales are fine. Batteries not included. If you know anything about us, you know that kind of thing just isn't our style. But today, we are announcing something that we think is legitimately pretty special. And that is our new no down payment program. Generally, to buy a new home, you have to put down a percentage of the purchase price up front as a down payment, which for many can be a tough thing. But with our new no down payment program, you can now buy a new home with 0% down. You'd still have to pay traditional closing costs like any other purchase, of course. But not having to come up with a traditional down payment could be a big deal for many. We our United Faith Mortgage. No purses necessary. Sorry. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Tonight we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies. Expect a nighttime low of 59. Patchy fog tomorrow morning. Otherwise, mostly sunny. Very warm. A gorgeous day to be outside. Tomorrow will reach a high of 83. Clear and mild tomorrow night with a low of 58. Mostly sunny Wednesday, very warm. A great day to be outside. We'll see a high of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, welcome in. It's the Monday edition of The Ride Home. Kathy Emmons with you in studio today. We've got Lexi Merritt in the uh, very, very hot control room. I'm sweating quite <laughs> a bit. The poor thing is about to fade away. And uh, I've got uh, two people I like a lot in the on-deck circle. Christine Jeske, uh, professor of cultural anthropology at Wheaton College. And Ralph Crew, head writer and producer for Practical Engineering, who are both going to be joining me this hour. Um, first of all, John Hall taking a day off. Hopefully that is uh, restorative and restful for him. It is a gorgeous day here in western Pennsylvania and in uh, Ohio and West Virginia. For those of you who are joining me today from WAVA around the nation's capital, welcome. We're so glad you're with us in today's Ride Home. It's always fun uh, when you guys are part of our listening audience. And uh, so I hope that all of us together are looking forward to a great hour of a thoughtful conversation. And I want to start with this. Um, I saw this article in today's Washington Post about phone call etiquette. And, of course, this is something that we have all kind of gotten used to, you know, we're the, we're the frogs who are swimming in the uh, soup. Um, but this kind of puts it down in ways that are, that when you look at them, you think it's really interesting that we got to this point. Phone calls we've been making for 147 years. We've had iPhones for 16. Um, and uh, 
not surprisingly, we figured out how to make that work in our personal lives and in how we connect with each other. Um, and of course, it changes re- like how with, with the latest iPhone or if you're an Android user, whatever it is, our communication changes by how easy it is to text or call or whatever. Um, now people, you know, you'll see people having con- conversations on their smartwatches. Uh, voicemails are transcribed in real time, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and phone norms, the post goes on to say, also change quickly, causing some people to feel left behind. Some people feel confused because the unwritten rules of chatting on the phone differ wildly based on how old you are. So the Post today spoke to an etiquette expert and people of all ages about their own phone pet peeves to come up with the following guidance to help everyone navigate phone calls this year. Now, this is going to vary depending on your relationship to the person that you're communicating with, how old you are, and the context of your call. So the closer you are to somebody, of course, the less the rules apply. Like Lexi and I end up texting or talking a lot. So if she's not probably going to misunderstand something I'm going to say, whereas if there's just a guest that I'm going to have on the program, I'm going to be a lot more formal and particular about how I communicate with them. That just makes sense, right? Um, So here's the first thing. Stop leaving voicemails. Just stop it. I Listen, when people leave voicemails for me, Lexi, I don't even know they're there. I don't even look. And I don't have, for some reason... I don't have a notification for that. So someone will call me and it'll be like three days later and I'll say, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that you called. So according to the Washington Post, they are on my side because they say voicemails are an artifact of the days before text messages. So if you have info that needs to be communicated in an accurate manner, timely manner, put it in writing in a text or an email. Lexi, do you agree? Kind of, but... If it's super important, I would prefer a call. And then if I don't get it, I would kind of like a voicemail because I'm one of those people. It's like, well, if they don't leave a voicemail, then it's not important. Now, this is fascinating because you're 23 years old. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know anybody your age. And I know a lot of people your age. I don't know a single person who likes voicemails. Your age. I mean, I don't love them. Well, I mean, nobody likes them, but you know, but you would prefer them. Well, I get so seldom like actual calls. You know what I mean? Are you lonely? Do you want me to call you more? Yeah, you can if you want. But I don't get like phone calls very often. So when I do get a phone call from someone who is like actively trying to reach me and they can't reach me um, and maybe per se, like not from like my mom. Right. Like she can just text me and tell me what she needed to call me about. But like if it's like a doctor's appointment and they don't leave a voicemail, I'm like, OK, well, then why did you why why did you call? Because I'm not going to answer you. OK. Because if right. I don't have the phone number saved, I'm not answering that call. Okay, that okay, that surprises me. I'm glad I asked. Let me ask you this. Um, the Washington Post says that you should text somebody before calling them. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, if you know them pretty well, it's, it's kind of nice to get a heads up, but not always. You know? I, I've never done that. Never in my whole life have I said, hey, Lex, I'm about to call you. <laughs> That seems like it feels like the same way of like instead of knocking on someone's door to let them know you're here, you just text them, "Hey, I'm outside." That's kind of how well, it feels. That's a good to point. Me. So I don't. I, but okay, but uh, there's "Hey, I'm outside," and then there's "Hey, I'm outside," and then walking up to the door and knocking on it. Aren't you going to wait for them to acknowledge you to open the door before you walk up? Not all. Not always. Really? See, I would wait in the car. <laughs> I would. I would say, "Hey, I'm out here." 
and I would wait. And then if they open the door, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll run up. Well, it depends on if they know that I'm on my way, right? Because if I text my friends in Columbus who I'm about to go play uh, Dungeons and Dragons with, uh, and three hours later they get a knock on the door and I just walk through their door because that's what I'll do, uh, they're not going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They already know I'm on the way. So they know I'm going to infiltrate yeah, and space. so But that's what we're talking about, that relationship has to do with it because they know you're coming, you know you're going, and you do this every weekend. Yeah, fair so enough. you know that. But if you and I are talking to somebody who's going to be a guest on the show, if we, we, like I don't think I would like I, I wouldn't call. I wouldn't Greg Cluxton was on in the last hour. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't text Greg before I called him. Yeah, that's fair. Would you? Do you do that if you confirm guests? Do you text them and then call them? Uh, no, not really. I will, I'll text them first or I'll email them first. And if I don't get anything, then back, you'll call, then them. I'll call. Okay. That's usually where okay, that is. That makes sense. Okay. The next thing, according to the Washington Post today, you don't need to answer the phone. Agreed. Okay. At least we all agree on that. <laughs> uh, the next one is emotions for voice facts for text. I think this is important. Like if I really need to express something to somebody, like I had a, I had a, a person that I, um, had a, professional relationship with who was going through a really difficult time at work and I wanted them to hear me say what a good job they had done and how all my interactions with them had been so positive and I heard that there was difficulty at work and I just want to well I want to say that I don't want to text that but if I want you know if I say hey Lexi who's on at 410 today I'm not going to call you yeah yeah what do you think See, I don't know, because I'll text someone something really important, like, and emotional, but I feel like that's what emojis are for, isn't it? That's yeah, that's true. That's true. But, yeah. But if it's super important, like, if you were in my situation where you knew someone was really... Would you call them? Yeah, I think I would. I would also call someone to get facts, because sometimes typing out a bunch of stuff... It's just too much of a pain. It's too much. What about an audio text? Oh, I love those. Yeah. Those are my favorite because I can keep listening to them. Right. I think that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, ultimately, though, it says one thing we've learned from COVID is don't stop talking on the phone. Yeah. So even if you're not going to answer the phone all the time, whatever, don't lose your phone skills. Because so many people who were, you know, inside during COVID, Zooming during COVID or just doing online work or whatever, they came out of the COVID era and they forgot talk and none of us want to be in that circumstance because another thing we learned um and carl truman who i had on him in the first hour wrote about this in first things how important it is bodily for people to be together and as much as people like to work from home and people are going to church from home i'm telling you it is not the same as being in the same space um and so don't stop talking on the phone don't stop showing up um don't stop communicating in ways that really matter even if you do decide that you're going to be like lexi and say hi i'm here and then walk through somebody's front door I might not even let you know. I might just knock and come in. I like it. All right, coming up next, um, why not to be a minimalist? We're going to talk about this with Dr. Christine Jeske from Wheaton College. Stay close. It's going to be a great hour on the ride home. 101.5 WORD. Once I figured out, you know, it was a little boy, then I heard his heartbeat like I just cried. You guys helped me make my mind up. You've heard that seeing is believing. That's certainly true when it comes to pregnancies. It's been shown that abortion-minded women who see their babies on an ultrasound are likely to have that baby. 
Today, you can provide a free ultrasound for a pregnant woman for just $28, the cost to save the life of a baby. So whether you want to save one or five or hundreds of babies, Word FM and Preborn are here to help. Call today, 833-850-BABY, or go to wordfm.com. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I'm Corey, and this is my story. I was going through some financial troubles paying off my credit cards. I was paying high interest rates, and it just wasn't getting any better. And I knew I had to do something. So my mom told me about Trinity, and so I decided to call. Trinity was able to do something that I couldn't. I'm paying off my debt. I'm saving thousands, and things are really looking up. I promise you guys, you will not regret it when you call Trinity because it was such a relief and less stress in my life, and it was the best thing I could have done for myself because once I called Trinity, they took care of me, and I felt such a relief, a weight off my shoulders. Trinity was great to work with. They wanted to help me. I love it. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. I'm Corey, and I'm debt-free for keeps. 1-800-936-5496. Hey, everybody. Greg Laurie here from A New Beginning. You know, we're excited about our partnership with a OnePlace.com app. You can listen to my messages anytime, anywhere, even offline, without Wi-Fi with the OnePlace app. Now more than ever, don't you think we need to get God's Word into our lives? So let His Word fill you with hope in your office, in your home, or in your car, or wherever you are at OnePlace.com. What if I told you you can save a baby's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who otherwise might choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a click or phone call away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or you can do it safe and secure online by clicking on the preborn banner at wordfm.com. The consumerist culture that we live in here, uh, it, not just in America, but in the West, is, of course, a danger to someone who um, wants to have a healthy spiritual life and follow uh, the way that Jesus calls us to live. Um, but the other extreme, which is minimalism, uh, can have its own dangers as well. And um, to discuss that, and a really interesting article that she wrote for Comment Magazine, I'm happy to have Dr. Christine Jeske back with me. Christine is professor of cultural anthropology at Wheaton College, author of three books, including the latest, The Laziness Myth, Narratives of Work and the Good Life in South Africa. Christine, welcome back. That's so good to talk with you again. So, we kind of know what the boogeyman looks like as far as consumerism. Uh, but talk about the boogeyman of minimum. First of all, talk about what minimalism is and then what that boogeyman looks like. Sure. Yeah. So I wrote this article a few years back because a friend asked me to contribute to this whole uh, issue of a journal that was on minimalism. And I got thinking about it. I was like, Ooh, I feel like I just really want to take a twist on this. And, um, and I was, you know, I was just thinking about how, my life has often been 
delving into simplicity and thinking about the values of that. But I have also, I think, in that process, seen how there's a certain kind of maybe idolatry that you can get into in that. So for me, what, what, I think the sort of temptations that that has looked like, and I, I could give uh, listeners a, a little background. Yes, yeah, so I would too, like, yeah, I, because I think the background yeah. is what is what makes yeah, your perspective work. Yeah. So I, uh, soon after I graduated from college, uh, moved with my husband to live in Nicaragua and uh, lived in a village there doing kind of uh, development type work for a year, kind of like the Peace Corps, without the Peace Corps as my organization. And then um, lived in China for two years teaching and then South Africa for about five years. And then we moved back to the United States. And after renting for a while, we purchased this home that has about two and a half acres. So it's a very small farm if you're a real farmer. <laughs> I can't tell a farmer it's a farmer. It's right. a farm. But uh, if you're not a farmer, <laughs> you're like, oh, it's like a farm. Uh, so it's a very mini farm. Um, but we've had chickens and pigs and sheep. And so people from the city come and they're like, oh, this beautiful, idyllic lifestyle. Um, yeah. And I, I've just found that that can have its own kind of temptations and lies that are in there, too. Sure. Now, you mentioned yeah. in the article, Christine, about how when you were living overseas, you uh, felt really good about the fact that you were raising two kids uh, with only a backpack's worth of toys. You didn't have the stroller. Mm -hmm. You didn't have the rocking bassinet. You didn't have all the diaper genie. And uh, you felt good <laughs> about the fact that you weren't like those American parents. Yeah, exactly. So there's that element of pride of just sort of let's see what I can do without and prove that I'm different. And I think in recent years in America, and maybe this just comes in waves, you get kind of these movements that will be uh, practicing something like simplicity for its own sake. Like I, I remember uh, my family went through this phase of watching those television shows about tiny houses. Oh, yeah. I don't know if anybody else went through this yeah, phase, right? Yeah, of course. But, but realizing, right? I mean, it sounds really cool, but you realize, wait, these are still just people spending a lot of money sure. on a house and trying to get it absolutely perfect, but feeling like they're somehow more moral of people because it's a tiny they house. just bought a tiny house, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's the new fad. Um, so, I, yeah, I think there's that. I think there's often this desire for control, you know, if I can just get the perfect things. And um, and again, you know, a tiny house, I don't think is necessarily a wrong thing in itself. It's, it's about the motivation. Another phase that our family went through was reading Marie Kondo's, uh, what is it, The Life-Changing Magic? Oh, yeah, I read house. it too. Um, yeah, right? It's good. I, you know, it is, right? Organizing your house, ah, oh, so free. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that my children can organize their stock drawers now. Um, but... <laughs> It can also promote this sense of like, oh, I should get rid of everything yes. that I don't absolutely yes. love. Yep. And then suddenly you're like, oh, actually, now I have to go buy all new throw pillows because I decided I didn't love my other ones. Right? And like, we're not made to love our throw pillows as an end in itself. That's not how humans are made to behave by our creator. But. We do interact with the uh, things that we have and the spaces in which we live. And that's yeah. where the, that's, I don't know, that, that's where it calls for wisdom. Um, because yeah. you can be uh, obsessed with stuff if you have a lot of it, or you could be obsessed with stuff having very little of it. And I guess that just maybe speaks to the darkness of the human heart. 
Yeah, exactly. And I don't know, I'm curious, Kathy, how you have uh, managed this in your own life too. I, I know for me, some of the uh, principles that have been helpful to me in navigating both like living in places where we had very, very low incomes and we're surrounded by people usually who had even lower incomes. And then being in the United States, you know, with the whole range of friends also, um, for me, I think contentment has been a really important mm. principle. Like not just I need to get the perfect thing and that will help me be happy, uh, but rather be content with what I have. And sometimes, I mean, that might mean like storing things for family members that actually clutter up my closet because <laughs> because it's important, a, a service I can offer to them. You know, it's not just having less stuff. It's um, am I grateful for the things that I have? Yeah. Am I Right. Practicing contentment and trusting in the Lord. Um, another one I've that I think is um, a principle of sacrifice that I'm not just trying to make my life as easy as possible, but I am ready to uh, do what the Lord actually called me to, which you know, for some that might mean owning an extra car so that you can share it with people and give rides to people who don't have a vehicle uh, or, you know, can't get their kids to work or, you know, you can, you can own more things for a purpose of service. And it's not so much about owning more or less. It's really, are you willing to serve God with the things that you Right. Have? And that's, again, where I just feel like it comes down to how mature of a person are you and how, mm-hmm. how committed are you to a life of sanctification? Um, because uh-huh. it's not, there are very few easy answers. Once you once you realize what the world is about, it's not about small house versus large house. It's not about that. It's how am I going to be wise and leverage what I have um, in service to the to the kingdom of God? And that is such a difficult concept. It's so hard to figure out what that is, because like you said, you put an addition on your house. Well, to someone Mm -hmm. who takes pride in tiny house, you have done a horrible thing. Right. Yeah. Right. I I spent I spent six months uh, living in a in a uh, an upstairs bedroom with my husband while we renovated our the first floor of our house. So anybody who's committed to a minimalist lifestyle would think, oh my gosh, what a, a colossal waste of money, misuse of funds. <laughs> um, and yeah. yet you decided to add put the addition on. We decided to do the renovation, um, and that to, that called for a wise. Dis- wise conversation between my husband and I over many, 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 many months. How did you and your husband yeah. navigate that? Similarly too. Yeah. I think just putting that decision before the Lord and not assuming that it's going to come out one way or the other, because it did for somebody else, or, you know, you read some book where there's a story of someone, you know, thinking about it in that context for us, uh, we live in this farmhouse that was built in the late 1800s. And there's a beautiful view and it's surrounded by like public parks. And we just realized this is actually a beauty that we wanted to be shareable with future generations. And there were certain things about our house, like it didn't have a garage and it like it, it was kind of clogged up ways that it was hard to host people for meals and things like that, that we just realized, you know what, we have been gifted with salaries that we can do this. And we're prioritizing generosity with that salary as our first priority too. But this is actually a way that we felt called to sort of use that land and that place out of generosity, the future generations. You know, it's not just about what do we get out? Cause we started doing the calculations and we're like, okay, so we could like rent out a room and then like maybe eventually that would pay this money back. 
And we started realizing that it, it's not a financial payback kind of calculation we're doing. It's rather like, is this going to be a benefit over the entire lifetime yeah. of the house for other people involved? And yeah, and that's tricky. You know? It is. <laughs> Just, it is. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like our responsibility, as you said, is to make those decisions wisely um, with yeah. our family and to make them prayerfully and also not to judge what other people are doing. Like, I'm not going to judge the addition you put on your house. I just tell you that right now. And every time I think of, of something like that, I think, no, I'm actually rejecting that. I am not judging what they decided to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, you don't know uh, what other people's giving practices are, the constraints that they're in. Um, the other thing that was in this article that might be helpful to think about too, and I'm curious also your thoughts on it, but um, I came upon this book that I remember reading when I was in college, uh, Richard Foster's book, and it's called The Freedom of Simplicity. And I remember that book as like, oh, simplicity, live simply, own less stuff, basically this like minimalism. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a really important principle to like the phrase you maybe heard is like live simply so others can simply live. Yes. Like not just owning things because it's convenient, but really thinking like, how do I practice radical generosity as a high priority in my life as a Christian? But also what I realized when I went back to the book is like, it's actually not just about having less stuff. And Richard Foster, the author, starts it with this idea of like what he really means by simplicity is having a simplified focus on God. And I was like, oh, so I, I didn't that remember that's memory. what it was about. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, I think, you know, there's magazines that are like real simple and it's really just about like having an arts and crafty, right. expensive sure. lifestyle. I feel like there's nothing but, simple about that um, magazine. Yes. Right. Um, but the idea of like simplicity in your focus being on Christ is a totally different principle. So that, I, you know, I think that is our guiding principle more than just more or less stuff. Yeah. Boy, those are important thoughts. Dr. Christine Jeske, professor of cultural anthropology at Wheaton College. Check out her latest book, The Laziness Myth, Narratives of Work and the Good Life in South Africa. Christine, our time's already up. I'm sorry for that, but always happy to have you back. Always fun to talk with you. You have a good evening. Mm, You too. Looking forward to next time. That's Christine Jeske. Uh, Check out her book and you can find her online as well. Also, uh, this article, Why Not Be a Minimalist in Comment Magazine. We're going to take a break. Coming up next, it's all about the railroads. Ralph Crew is going to join me in just a minute, head writer and producer for Practical Engineering. Stay close. When I think about Grove City College, my chief thought is this. It comes as advertised. Grove City College says that they are Christ-centered, conservative college. Now, if you were to make a visit to the campus, I believe you would see that. There's no surprises here. You look at the student body, you see how chapel's conducted, how classes are conducted. There's no sort of hidden agenda here or any middle ground. It is exactly what it says it is. Christ in all things. Because you were made for a purpose. And if you understand that purpose, whether wherever you are on that walk, you'll understand how and where you fit into Grove City College. It does change your perspective uh, on how you look at learning, how you look at uh, not just passing your classes, but gaining uh, a heart for understanding. And 
looking at it in a bigger perspective, I don't know. I wish I could go back, be an undergrad again, and look at my education that way. Yeah. Because I missed out on a lot thinking that I was just learning stuff so I could pass a midterm and a final and get a grade, as opposed to how Grove City really talks about it, which is that we're learning. We're learning about God's Word. We're learning how to know Him better. We're learning how to be disciples, and we're learning how to get along. That's right. I mean, the culture will tell you one thing. Your faith in Christ informs you in a totally different way. GCC.edu. This is an urgent warning. America is heading for another major financial disaster at an alarming rate. We could see stock prices fall as much as 50%, but this time the crash could be more violent and come faster than you ever imagined. We are Advantage Gold, America's most trusted precious metals company, and we are here to sound the alarm that winter is coming for investors. And now is the time to take actions that may help protect and secure your portfolio with physical precious metals. Want to help protect your hard-earned money before it's too late? Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000 and request our free gold and silver survival kit today. Mention that you heard us on the radio and learn how you could get up to $1,000 in free silver coins. The number is 800-900-8000. Call now to get your free survival kit and see if you qualify for $1,000 in free silver today. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies. Expect a nighttime low of 59. Patchy fog tomorrow morning. Otherwise mostly sunny, very warm. A gorgeous day to be outside. Tomorrow will reach a high of 83. Clear and mild tomorrow night with a low of 58. Mostly sunny Wednesday, very warm. A great day to be outside. We'll see a high of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. We went to, my husband and I, to Scranton about uh, two years ago because we were planning a renovation on our house. And uh, I really like to use as much you know, old stuff as possible in any of my uh, decorating and design. And so we went out to Scranton and there's this enormous, enormous airplane hangar of a space uh, run by a company called Old Good Things. And all Old Good Things does is just buy vast quantities of stuff that anyone else would throw away. And then they revitalize it, resell it, whatever. Anyway, I was absolutely in peak form being there. My husband was wonderful for a day. And then after that was like, I am out. And he went to the railroad museum. (laughs) And we were both happy. Right? I, mean, I think it's fine. Sounds perfect. That's that's the voice and laughter of Ralph Crew you're hearing. Ralph is the head writer and producer for Practical Engineering. Um, we're going to talk about several other things in our time with Ralph this half hour. But first of all, I'm glad you're here, Ralph. Welcome into the studio. Thanks for having me back. Okay, so I am married to a railroad geek. Big time. Excellent. Um, Excellent. He had a, he had he was very, very, very happy to be set uh, alone in the Railroad Museum in Scranton. Um, you also 
are a railroad fan and have been investing in uh, two things for the YouTube channel, Practical Engineering, that have to do with railroads. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we're actually doing a whole series of videos on the railroad. Many of them haven't come out yet. But yeah, we're, we're, we're deep diving into it. I mean, the channel's been around for many years and we're Yeah, finally, talk about Practical Engineering. Uh, so Practical Engineering, in a broader sense, really, we talk about very large-scale engineered structures. Uh, it's like civil engineering, dams, how highways and concrete work, things like that. Uh, it's really fascinating. It's it a is curious fascinating. Um, and it's about time that we dove into uh, into the railroad. And actually, it was sort of kicked off uh, earlier in the year. We did a video about the the uh, tragic uh, train crash up in in East Palestine. Sure. Right. And uh, as I was re writing and researching that video, I was just blown away by how much. Uh, work has been done on railroads in general, right? And there's so much going on there. And we're talking, you know, an individual freight train alone might be 12 million pounds and two miles long, right? Like these are enormous objects. So I told our, our host, Grady, who's brilliant, uh, I was like, we, ha we have to do more <laughs> on railroads. There's so much here. Right. Uh, we have to do a video that's not sad about railroads. Right. Yes, and so exactly. that's where we're at now. We, uh, we just, uh, we released one on Every single kind of railroad car. Okay, how many? Like how many kinds of railroad cars are there? Um, we we put twenty seven, and um, there are probably a couple of specialty ones that could pop out as well, and that's not including the uh, non revenue cars, which are uh, cars that are operated by the railroad. Which we did include some in the list as well, but they're they're operated by the railroad to maintain the tracks or to like measure the distance between the rails and things like that. Uh, so it's it's. It's a lot more than you might think. Okay, so tell me, rail car, like, give me some ideas of the different kinds. Well, I mean, there's the two big families of, of trains that you'll see, right? You can see passenger trains, uh, which if you've ever been on a train, of course, that's the kind you get to put people on. You can go on. Right. Uh, and even there, you might have, you know, you could have a regular coach. You could have sleeper cars, diner cars, lounge cars. There are cars with observing domes on the top of them so that you can see scenery. I love that. Fancy mountain I want to do that in Sweden. Yeah. Or no, Switzerland uh, would be even better. There's one in Canada that's got. I've got my eye on. You mean that, the Canadian Rockies yeah, one? Yeah. Oh, like I haven't looked at that and obsessed about it. I, I know. I have to. Oh my I have gosh. to. It's uh. So so there's those. Um. And there's there's a few more there. But then of course the other one and the one you'll see a lot more here in Pittsburgh, uh, is is freight trains, right? And there's just so many different kinds of freight trains out there. One that really surprised me. There's one they call it a coil car, um, which is a car that's designed just to carry very large. Um, rolled up coils sure. of sheet metal, okay, uh, which are used in manufacturing all over. Like cars are made out of this stuff. Sheet metal is everywhere, and you transport it in these giant coils on train cars. But they're usually covered, so they almost look like a tank. And uh, until I started doing this research, I always assumed, oh, that's a big tank full of oil, oil or, something. or something. Yeah. Uh, but if you look, if the bottom is sort of flat and not round all the way around, it's very likely you're looking at a coil car. Oh, I and, never like, knew that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, and and we're you know each one of these coil cars could be you know I don't know two three hundred thousand pounds uh, a piece. So it's uh, wait each train yeah. car. Oh yeah, an, an average freight train car can be well over two hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, a piece, right? And then you see all of them. There might be one hundred and fifty in a row. You know. Oh, I'm shocked by that. Yeah, I. You know, how, uh, you, how, everyone knows trains are can, big, but they're how just can way, that work? It, it's it's amazing, and it, it works. Uh, uh, a lot of it is based on the efficiency of steel wheels rolling on steel rails. Okay. That are much much more efficient than rubber tires on asphalt. And uh, locomotives are just brilliantly tuned and engineered machines that do one task very very well. And uh, 
You know, that's you, just you, an outrageous amount of energy. Yeah. It's just I can't even get my head around that. Well, and it may, you know, it makes sense when you look uh, at full speed. A freight train will take a mile to come to a stop. Is that right? Right. There's an awful lot of momentum going on in there. So that also means you have to do a lot of engineering to make sure these are safe systems as well. Holy cow. Okay, we're talking to Ralph Crew, head writer and producer for the YouTube channel Practical Engineering. There's much more information that he's going to dispense to us, and I'm going to be shocked by you know how much things weigh. I really can't get my head around that. Um, we need to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue that conversation, and also later on we're going to be talking about shoes in this half hour. Yep, the engineering of shoes, maybe. It's next, The Ride Home. WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. What we see in Isaiah chapter 53 is known as a messianic prophecy. And it is of invaluable importance to us because it points to Jesus as the Messiah. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Cram. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. If you've heard any of our radio commercials over the last too many years to count, you know that we like funny stories that make us smile. This is not one of those commercials. I read recently that credit card balances are up 15% in the last year and that credit card delinquencies are the highest they've been in the last decade. Add in the fact that milk and gas and everything is out of control. And it's a scary time for a lot of good people. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And if that's you, a cash-out refinance, pulling out some of the value your home has earned the last few years, could be a saving grace. Yes, mortgage interest rates are up, but credit card rates are about three to five times higher, which is why we've seen hundreds of listeners use a cash-out to rid the credit card debt and then save some extra aside for the road ahead. It's undoubtedly been a life-changer for many. If you'd like to chat about your situation, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into. And that is MediShare. And maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month. And that's huge. But... It's also true people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $7 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan, you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. See what you can save. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Geneva College understands that you're passionate about your life's work. Through Geneva's graduate degree programs, you'll be equipped to fully pursue your faith life calling, excelling in your field, and moving forward for a purpose. In your studies and in your work, you'll be challenged to seek God's design in all things, integrating faith and life, aspiring, leading, and achieving your goals for all that you're created to be and do. You were made for this. Visit geneva.edu slash graduate to learn more. The problem is there's too much to talk about. 
Ralph Cruz with me. He's the head writer and producer for the YouTube channel Practical Engineering, and we're talking about railroads. Um, in our last segment, I couldn't get my head around how much a rail car could weigh. Oh, yeah. And when you're thinking about linking them up and any type of of engine that could propel that is just uh, – it, it's I, – I, again, it's like numbers that only make sense in astronomy. Right. No, it, it, absolutely. They Like my house is lightweight compared to what train cars deal with. Like it's 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 an enormous uh, thing. And, but I mean that's the whole – that's the advantage of it, right? If you need to move hundreds of thousands of pounds or millions of pounds of stuff – that's Overland, the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Okay, so sure. now you mentioned everything in this room, oh, in the yeah. studio. Pretty much most everything likely. in this room almost certainly was on a train at least once, um, maybe more than once. Often things will be on a train as like raw materials, uh, and then again after they're manufactured on a train as finished goods on their way to some other distribution. But place. a lot of people think of trains as something that's like a relic. Of oh, like yeah. you know the you know the late nineteenth century. Well, and I think in some ways you know as passenger travel, especially in the U.S., that maybe in in a little bit that's the case, like in a in a way. But when it comes to freight, overland uh, hauling of freight, the best way to do it is by by freight rail. Really, I mean trucks are just tiny and expensive compared to it. Um, we, you know, in one of our videos that we did, uh, Grady said an amazing thing. If you scaled a train down to the size of a car, the engine would be small enough to fit in your pocket. The efficiency is just outrageous on these things. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Wow, that's now, incredible. Now, these are still big engines, though. Like well, a, sure. a locomotive is like 400,000 pounds, and it's essentially a diesel electric generation station and then electric motors. And then it moves. Yeah. Yeah, but that also means that they don't have to turn them around to to make them go the other direction. Okay. And if you've ever seen one of those old-fashioned tra- like sure. turntable yeah, train right. things, those are for steam locomotives, which right. had a direct like mechanical linkage to the wheels. They could only go forwards. They didn't have like a reverse gear. And so if you wanted to make the train go back uh, the other way, you had to turn it around right. with a big physical object. Now you can just reverse the polarity on the engines, and there you go. That's incredible. Okay, let's talk about um, the the work that you did capturing rail cars in Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, for the YouTube channel. Yeah, so specifically the video that we released um, uh, almost two weeks ago now. It's amazing how quickly the time is flying by. But uh, it was every kind of rail car, right? And for some of our assets, we can find them from stock services, Getty Images, AP, things like that. Um, and there's a lot of brilliant stuff out there, easy to, to to get and to plug into a video. But some of the more specific things, I just couldn't find. I just couldn't find, like, for instance, there's a kind of flat car called a center beam, uh, which is used for, like, the, the the lumber that you would build a house out of would be mm, stacked up okay. on one of these things, right? I just couldn't find any good center beams. And I know that Pittsburgh has very active freight rail lines, so I just... Uh, grabbed a camera bag and hopped on my bike and Did rode really? around the city. What, just to see what you would just see? To, just to capture whatever I could capture, and I got a lot of stuff. So if you watch um, if you watch our, our train video, you'll see a lot of familiar locations, if if, especially if you're familiar with Pittsburgh. You can see the point in one of them. I filmed from over uh, around Station Square okay. and near the south side, and, and uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's we have a really, ton of freight That's really like, cool. Like, okay, but how did you know where to go? Well, I mean, the, uh, so well, you can I, kind of go anywhere you can in Pittsburgh. Kind of go anywhere. Anywhere. There's right, a ton okay. of trains. The the train, uh, the tracks along the Monongahela River see uh, upwards of eighty five freight trains a day. So I didn't really? I didn't have a schedule. Wait, that, again, yeah. that's a number that surprises and me. And each one of these freight trains could be one two miles long, millions of pounds of stuff. It's just enormous. And 
I remember I used to, years ago, I, as you know, I used to work at the Carnegie Science Center, and mm-hmm. when I would look across the river, I'd see trains there all the time. And so I knew, oh, well, that side of the river is going to have trains for sure. I just I didn't plan anything. I just sort of went and just knew if I hung out long enough, I'd see trains. And if I saw enough trains, I'd probably see the, the couple of cars that I was struggling to find. And uh, sure enough, uh, I got everything I needed. Um, and wow. you'll see that in the video. Wow. Okay. Tell me the names of the railroad videos that are up now. Okay. So there's just the one right now, which is every kind of rail car explained. Okay. okay. Uh, but tomorrow morning... Uh, and this is not technically public, so don't tell anybody. Okay, we're we'll keep it to one, ourselves. Uh, we're releasing one on the shape of rails. Like, why are uh, the rails and the wheels shaped the way they are? Oh, okay. All and right. So tell, so tell so me a little bit about that. that's an interesting story, right? Like, so the rail, you, you know, it almost looks like a modified I-beam, right? And it's, you know, when you think about how much steel is being laid out on the ground, you know, miles and miles, th- right. thousands of miles of rail, uh, this is very expensive, right? So you really need as efficient a shape as possible. Uh, the the flat part at the bottom is called the foot. That has to distribute pr- enormous pressure from the train above into wooden ties, right, which mm, can't right. take as much pressure as steel. So they have has to spread that pressure out over a large area. Uh, then you have the web, which is the sort of vertical element that that lifts the rail up off the off the track so that um, debris and stuff doesn't get in the way, right? It keeps the sure. train clear. It also gives clearance for the flanges on the wheels so that they're not rubbing against the ground. Those flanges are the sort the things of flat, that keep things, the, they keep the train the on the, the track. Yeah, keep it on the track. And then the head, uh, which is a big bulbous um, chunk of steel that slowly wears down over time. And it's very slightly rounded if you look at it. It's not totally flat. It's, it's rounded a little. And that's because it... You want the rail to make contact with the wheel at as small of a, a contact patch or a point For as possible. For efficiency purposes. Right. Well, because the wider the contact point, the more the both wheel and rail will wear each other down. Oh, They're okay. always wearing down. And if they wear down beyond a certain point, then you have to replace wheels or you have to replace rails. And that can get very expensive very quickly. Um, okay. So it's all very carefully engineered. The profile of that shape and the shape of the wheel that rolls along it are, are, are carefully Adjusted, and they're still making. They actually upgraded the standard for uh, wheel geometry. Uh, I think it was just like a year or two ago. So, I mean, the wheel is round. The, the wheel is round, <laughs> right? But it's not as simple as you think. You know, uh, in in my head, like a car wheel is more or less a cylinder, right? We think of wheels yeah. as a cylinder, but uh, train wheels are actually very slightly conical. So, um, which it, you really? know, it can be hard to visualize, but the the uh, part of the wheel, the outside part of the wheel, will be a little bit more narrow than the inside. So uh, you can imagine, like, if you took an ice cream cone and cut the end off, that, like, little oh, yeah, ring so that you'd be right. left with is an exaggerated version of the shape of the the surface of a, 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 a wheel. And that's actually to allow it to go around corners more easily. Um, as the train goes around the corner, the outside wheel will ride on the thicker oh, part. Oh, right. Okay. the inside wheel will ride right on, on the, the thinner, thinner part. part. And that's important. So the wheels are always solidly connected to one axle. They call it a wheel set. Uh, th- there's many reasons for that. Um, and it, one of is it's just cheaper and easier to make one big wheel set and do that. Oh, because you have to make a ton of them for, for these trains. They can't each have their own limited slip differential like you might have in yeah, a car. Yeah, in a car. Right? You know, so... How do you solve the problem, uh, like a differential, without all that complexity? You just use 
a smarter shape for the wheels. It's just conical That's wheels. That's incredible. Like, it, I, it, it's I, actually a really brilliant solution. It's one of my favorite. I love engineering solutions where that are that a complicated analog, right? problem, and then you have a simple, simple solution, solution that just takes advantage of of really. I mean, it's geometry. It's 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 pretty simple. You know. Math. You don't have to have. You don't have to do uh, complex differential calculus to figure out that. Yeah, the con the conical wheels is a solution. For and that. it just makes sense. It just makes sense. But you need somebody who could yeah. come up with that at first. Yeah. And say, you know what we should do yeah. is that. And then, but and then, of course, over time, it gets more complicated because they do wear down. I'm and sure they, they wear down a little bit unevenly. Sometimes they get a bit of a, a sort of hollow to them. It depends on the rails and what kind of car they're on, how much weight there is, and even temperature and things like that can affect it. It's it's a really complex system, but thankfully it works pretty well and we are able to enjoy <laughs> the world it's around incredible. us. Right? Like we don't, That's we incredible. don't get uh, to live in a modern society without a, a really well-functioning uh, freight rail system. What I love about this YouTube channel, Practical Engineering, is I always learned something about a thing I never even knew I didn't know anything about. Yes, I. that's exactly it, right? We find ways to make you curious about things that you almost don't see, right? Yeah. You I, know, like I you, never would have thought about desalinization. Right, right. So we did like, we did a desalination video and... Salination. Um, I said a salinization. salinization. Okay, well, you I know, added a fun. syllable. It's, it's cool. You knew what I meant. I'm not going to be salty about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, that was rough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but we... You know, there's there's a lot of brilliant engineering that goes into it, and it makes people's lives a lot better. And uh, there's always a story to it. There's interesting problems. There's, uh, you know, interesting ways that people solve those problems. And to me, it just made like now when I wander around the city, I see things that you never would have seen you know, before, never would have noticed. I see detail in the same old world I've been living in this whole time, uh, that was there the whole time, and I just saw right through it. And now I can see this. Um, yeah, richer view of the world. And that's I think so that's good. Really that's so good. That's good for everybody. It really is. So check out the YouTube channel, Practical Engineering. I'm talking to Ralph Crew, head writer and producer for the channel. He's going to stay along. So uh, stay close. With more to come on today's ride home is the Monday, sunny day edition. Donald Trump warned America. The U.S. dollar is under attack, and it's becoming less and less valuable by the day. Hyperinflation and speculation is killing your retirement. Don't leave your money sitting in cash. It's time you diversified and protected your future with physical precious metals. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000 and get your free digital dollar survival kit and learn how you could get up to $1,000 in free silver today. Call Advantage Gold now at 800-900-8000 to get your free digital dollar survival kit. And you may qualify for $1,000 in free silver. Advantage Gold is the number one rated gold and silver company in America. Your future is precious. Protect it today when you call Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000 now. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. That's 800-900-8000. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that that can completely free you.
you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. RCCG Living Spring Pittsburgh presents Gospel Music Concert A Night of Wonders 2023 with guest artist Phil Thompson. November 11th, 4 to 8 p.m., live at Gateway High School Auditorium, Monroeville. All are welcome. Tickets just $25. Come and experience the power of God's presence. A Night of Wonders with Phil Thompson, November 11th. Details and tickets at rccgpittsburgh.com. Geneva College understands that you're passionate about your life's work. Through Geneva's graduate degree programs, you'll be equipped to fully pursue your faith life calling, excelling in your field, and moving forward for a purpose. In your studies and in your work, you'll be challenged to seek God's design in all things, integrating faith and life, aspiring, leading, and achieving your goals for all that you're created to be and do. You were made for this. Visit geneva.edu graduate to learn more. out the hour with Ralph Crew. He's the head writer and producer of uh, the YouTube channel Practical Engineering. And uh, we've been talking about railroads. And I, I said to Ralph that I'm going to go home tonight and I'm going to like watch this stuff uh, because it's just absolutely fascinating for me. But in the three minutes we have left, it is important for me to bring up the case for and against taking your shoes off in the house. Oh, yes. I see. Mm-hmm. I was not sure where we were going. Yeah. Well, with now shoes. you know. Now you know. Yeah. So this was an article in today's Washington Post, and it is lengthy. Um, and of course we won't have time, we would not have time to cover it, but I guess I just want to do a little survey between you and Lexi, Mm -hmm, how mm -hmm. you feel. I mean, people do feel strongly about this. Um, are you a house where people take their shoes off? Do you expect people to come to your house and take like, what, how do you look at this? Well, um, I grew up in a shoes off house. Did you? Yeah. So I I get it. Um, our house, we don't make people take their shoes off, but part of that is we have a dog and a cat. So our house is dirty. Their shoes are on all the time. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not particularly strongly opinionated one way or the other. You are, but I'm a, sci- happy to you are take... a scientist, though. I'm Do you happy? To... Oh yeah, my... but the world is a gross place. And okay, okay, I... so you've just accepted it. It's yeah. I mean, my dog walks around in mud and stuff and walks all over. She sleeps in the bed with us. It's okay, just... life is gar- is going to be a little dirty. But if I go to someone's house and they're a shoes off house, I'm I'm always happy to do it. I'm not like weirded out by it. It's something that seems pretty natural to me. Lexi, how do you feel? Shoes off, shoes on, always shoes off for sure. What? Why? Uh, I just think it keeps the house a lot cleaner. And I have two cats, so I'm kind of in the same mm, yes. uh, I, I'm in the same boat as him where it's just I would prefer if you took your shoes off in my house um, because I'm trying to minimize the amount of dirt and disgustingness mm-hmm. on my floor. But I know it's already there. So uh, I love and value you both. Um, I come down on the complete opposite side of this. Your shoes on. What? I hate not having shoes on. 
my whole life as a child when children like to run around barefoot, mm. never me. Oh, yeah, no, I'm a bad barefoot person. I grew up in the city. My mom was terrified I was going to step on glass and stuff, so I had my shoes on all the time. I have baby feet to this day. Right, yeah, exactly. I can't walk across a gravel driveway. I can't Might either. as well be lava. I can never, exactly. When I get up in the middle of, now this is a personal thing, but I feel like I can share with both of you. Uh, when I get up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, I put on my flip-flops. Oh, wow. Okay, that's how committed I am to this type of lifestyle. So when I go to Lexi's house, which I never have, but if I do, mm -hmm. and she wants me to take my shoes off, I mean, I would because I love her, but I would be uncomfortable with it. You should just have foot-shaped shoes underneath <laughs> your regular shoes. I'd, I'd let you wear some sandals as long would as you, you... Yeah. Okay, now listen, when I go home, though, I, ha I put on my house shoes... I have my Crocs that I wear in oh, the yeah. house, and they don't leave the house, the Crocs. That's yeah. A, that's very important. Unless I'm very rushed and something terrible's happened. But normally the Crocs are for the house, and they're pink and silly looking. Well, are there any Crocs that are not silly no. looking? No, it's the beauty of them is that yeah. they're all ridiculous looking. But so I do have things I wear in the house, but... I just, I don't want to go to somebody's house and then feel the pressure. What if my shoe has a hole? What if I haven't had a pedicure in a month? Like, Some people have stinky feet. Too. I, I don't, it's like, like, I don't want to enter into it. No, I'm not making people do it, but I I, I'm to. happy to do it if I have to. Practical engineering, where can people find it? YouTube. Great. Just, yeah, check it out. Great. Um, also, you're the head of Nerd Night Pittsburgh. Yes. Uh, which is also super fun. Next event is October 26th. Uh, last one sold out uh, quite a bit before it, so if you're Lexi, interested. Lexi, we should go. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. It's super fun. Thank you. That's Ralph Crew. Pleasure to have you with me. Thank you. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.